0: we're back this is the bloom pod and i'm taylor onion today's guest is lauren parch lauren is an actor producer writer singer and the cousin of my favorite sidekick melissa lauren shared how she got started in the arts as well as her experiences in theater and film I do have to issue a quick sound apology before we get into today's episode, because you can hear the slight jingle of an ice cream truck and the semi-alarming sound of my smoke detector in the background, which at the time needed a new battery, but I have since replaced that battery. Without further ado, here comes episode 16. Enjoy. Away we go. Away we um, go. It's very exciting now that we have that we both have <laughs> sound working. Very exciting.
1: We truly have sound. Thank you for being so patient. I don't yeah. know what was happening.
0: No, that's all right. And actually I think I can hear the ice cream truck. I'm getting like very slight uh <laughs> like jingles in the background right now.
1: <laughs> the same jingle has been occurring outside this window for like twenty minutes. So <laughs>
0: solid. We we have yeah, one that witnessing. Yeah, we have one that occasionally goes through the neighborhood, but it plays uh, Christmas music no matter what time of year.
1: I love Christmas music. So it's like the middle of July, just sleigh bells down, yep. down the street, like
0: yep. in, the, <laughs> in the ice cream, in the random ice cream van that's rolled. That's through a
1: neighborhood. bold and creepy choice, but I agree <laughs> that they do that. I agree. I agree. <laughs>
0: Oh man! Well, Lauren, you are an actress, a producer, yes. self-proclaimed coffee lover, uh, <laughs> yes. and also Melissa's cousin, my my sidekick, my podcast sidekick's cousin, which is how we know each other. Which has probably been yes, what five-ish, five six years since we've met. Yeah,
1: I think it was. I think I first met you. I moved to the city when I was. I just turned 24, like that September. And okay. I, yes, that's, we met each other when Melissa and I lived together. Yeah. And what a great apartment that was. Good times. Oh, that was the best apartment. Spock was there. The scariest dog I've ever owned. Oh my gosh. a good time. I forgot about mm-hmm. Spock. He was kind oh, of. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and
0: <laughs> scariest in that he was very easily scared if memory serves.
1: That's correct. Um, <laughs> He didn't trust anyone or even me sometimes. So it just really depended on the day and the mood. But right. yes, he he was easily scared. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a great apartment. We had a lot of fun there. It was.
0: Good times. Good times. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh well now that we've established that, I'm gonna have you uh I'm gonna have you kick things off by just sharing a little bit about yourself. Absolutely.
1: Um I realize we don't have all the time, so I'm really gonna make it quite short, if I may. Um go right ahead. But yes. Lauren Rosemary Parch, that is my name, um, grew up in DeKalb, Illinois. I went to Catholic school where they, we had our very first school play in sixth grade. It was called Dear Edwina and it was about this bossy girl. Well, they kind of made it seem like is this bossy girl kind of bossing all her friends around. She wanted to start her own letter writing business, kind of like a Dear Abby, but she was supposed to be like in seventh grade. So I auditioned for it and I got to be Edwina and I'd never done anything like that before. And I loved it. Cause I was pretty shy. Then I would say like I was pretty reserved and I had to kind of go on stage and be this bossy girl. And I was like, wait, this is so cool. <laughs> so then I, I auditioned again the next year, went to high school, did I lo- speech team, palms team, you name it. Um, and then I also auditioned for the plays and i really loved it and then i was um about to go to college and i was actually going to study just psychology and it was truly the weekend before i was supposed to go down and i woke my mom up i was researching the theater programs and i was like i think i should do this and she was like well if you're going to do it you need to email them right now so I did. I went down the next day and auditioned and then I changed my whole class schedule. And then I was studying theater and psychology. Okay. Um, went to ISU, moved here, and I've been pursuing uh, acting ever since. It's right. the best. It's fun. Yeah. And here is Chicago, right? You're still located in Chicago. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> by here, that is Chicago. <laughs> um. Yeah. I moved here when I was 23. I got to live with Melissa. That was the best. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, she's a pretty great roommate. A lot of people, uh, like if you haven't lived with Melissa, you're missing out. Yeah, I completely agree because you've also lived with her too, so mm-hmm. you know firsthand. There's yes. only shenanigans, tomfoolery, fun, and laughter. Like that's really all it's going on. And but, she really likes to scare you too. Like if you're really caught off guard. Yes. Um, that is. Don't play your guard now. Yeah, oh, no,
0: <laughs> never. Sh- shenanigans <laughs> and tomfoolery is probably the best way to describe it. I'm thinking of um, absolutely. We used to try when we were in college. We would try to scare our other two roommates on a pretty consistent basis. And Erin, yes. who you know, never oh, yeah. before EJ, as she prefers to be called, uh, <laughs> she her guard was up. Oh, we can never scare her. And once on Halloween, we went, I mean, we had Jabberwockies masks because we were going really for the, you know, um, what's the guy's name from Halloween? Michael Myers. We're yeah. going we're going for that feel, right? We have like these, these knives from the kitchen and I'm, <laughs> Melissa is following me with a laptop that is playing the do 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 the music, and I'm trying to scare. I'm trying to scare EJ, and then I we I couldn't find her, and so I turned around, and I'm like going to tell Melissa, you know, hey, I can't find, I can't find Aaron, and as I turned around, I scared Melissa, who was trying <laughs> to help me, <laughs> help me scare Aaron, so. <laughs> Ah oh, yeah, so shenanigans. shenanigans. It
1: was kind of a double doozy of there there was a there was an right. unprepared scare that.
0: Time. <laughs> yes, an, an unintended scare, that is for sure. Uh, well, so tell me a little that. bit about tell me a little bit about what it's been like in uh, you know, this this global pandemic that we're experiencing. Obviously, the live entertainment totally. industry and you know, some of these spaces that we don't think about being impacted by something like public health have been majorly impacted. So what's it been like for you during, during this time?
1: Totally. Well, I've had a very unique experience during this time. Um, I think at the very beginning, it was so scary. I was very lucky of, I was just in a show in March, right before the shutdown happened. And before we knew anything of really what was going on. So um, once everything happened, it was kind of like, truly everything stopped. We have websites, different um resources we go to for auditions and it just all was at a dead pain and so I think at the beginning just like everyone kind of thought we were like okay this is going to be a month or two that's okay it's going to be a break and then as the months went on it got kind of scary of like I mean it was truly at a time I think myself and a lot of friends I knew and just other people who were pursuing theater was almost like is this done? Like, is this even something that's going to exist in a year? Or, you know, um, a lot of theaters here in Chicago permanently closed. Um, A lot of filming stopped. Euphoria is one of my favorite shows. And even Zendaya posted something where she was like, we, you know, did the camera tests, we were there, and then they just sent us all home and we didn't know when we're going back. Gosh. What was rare was in June, I actually got signed with a talent agency because I was still under the impression of like, well, I still need to submit and put myself out there and just see, I don't know, like what what the universe has in store during this time. And I was kind of in the impression of like, if nothing happens, then maybe this is a telltale sign. But I got, I got signed with them. And there are now, like, a lot of filming has picked back up. Theater is, of course, obviously at a standstill because I don't know about you, but, like, I haven't seen many plays or shows where people aren't kissing or hugging or by each other. Like, there's right. not many things you can do where people are truly social distance. I'm sure that will change. I'm kind of interested to see what, new, you know, plays will pop up after this. Right. Um, but filming now seems to kind of, be picking back up in terms of, I've had some auditions, they're all virtual now, which is kind of cool. It's actually way more accessible. And a lot of classes that were always in person, they have all transitioned onto online. So you can even take those still. And I think it's, I actually think a lot of things are becoming more accessible to actors. Whereas before it was kind of like, you had to be in the know-how, you had to get a slot in the class or you couldn't take it. So it's it's been an interesting, pivot I'll say um, but yeah for a while it really seemed like it was it was done it was kind yeah. of scary
0: yeah I think uh, to your point about um, plays and, and musicals and whatever which I don't know if you if you've been in any musicals or if you're strictly a plays kind of gal but
1: <laughs> I'm a sucker for a musical I just haven't been in any in Chicago yet
0: <laughs> okay okay so still still could be uh, potential for for making your musical debut <laughs>
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: I was, uh, oh yeah, I was thinking, so uh, my family is obsessed with musicals. I mean, we grew up on, on show tunes. Um, yeah. Which led me to join the chorus in high school. Um, I had been I played the saxophone in junior high, but steered away from band until my senior year, which <laughs> I rejoined the marching band my senior year yes. of high school. But I was in chorus yes. all four years, or maybe three years, because I wanted to be in the musicals because all my friends were in the musicals. It was like the yeah. thing. you know small towns like the the theater kids and the athletic kids and you know all the kids oh, yeah. are in every single thing there's not you know some of the the division that you might see at a bigger totally
1: at a bigger school I can but agree with that. yeah
0: anyway all that to say i was thinking that um we did Gold* the musical my i want to say junior year of high school yeah and that one i can't think of any scenes where there was, now there might have been hugging in Whoville, but I don't think there's any <laughs> kissing in called the Musical.
1: Now, I would hope not. That might be Seussical <laughs> the Musical, either part two or after hours. Right. <laughs> right.
0: You, the PG-13 or the R-rated version of Seussical Yeah, the Musical. Absolutely. I don't know, I don't know what that storyline would look like, but we might be onto to something here as far as... Well, TV.
1: Taylor, I, I think we need to... I think you have to write it. I think there's only one way to
0: find out. This is true. Now, on a previous episode, <laughs> Melissa and I, we we did lock in a previous guest, um, as the voice for our documentary. So maybe we'll make a documentary about, about musical the musical, the R-rated version.
1: I think you absolutely should, like, behind the scenes. like oh, yeah. The making of it, what the story entailed, how it came about.
0: <laughs> Scandal, actually... chaos. Right. Yeah. I'm imagining, mm-hmm. like, um, I feel like there used to be a show that was some kind of a spoof where it would show behind the scenes, but it's just, you know, it's like Office or Parks and Rec style show where it's like yeah this is what's happening and then you know the deadpan
1: to the camera instantly <laughs> those are my favorite kinds of shows and the office is hands down like one of my favorite shows it, truly it
0: is pretty good i still i've i've been binging it during um quarantine but i have not yeah. made it all the way through yet and truth be told once michael left that's kind of where my interest waned so I and i hear
1: you yeah yeah
0: i don't know that i'll be able to go back and finish it now
1: I promise it does come full circle there are some twists and turns I don't know if you've gotten to Robert California yet but he's one of my favorite characters because he's just so reckless but like it really does come full circle at the end and I just think if anyone has worked in an office setting before you just understand that like you you did shenanigans all time just to get through the day whether (laughs) you were supposed to or not like (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs)
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So another thing that I want to, well, actually, you know what I want to ask you is as yes. you're, you're producing right now, my yes. little Renaissance girl, and I definitely want to get into yes. that, but I want to ask you first, do you prefer producing or acting or do you like them both equally?
1: <laughs> that is such a good question. Um, they are so different. Like I, I like both of them for different reasons I obviously at the end of the day want to act I really like stepping into somebody else's shoes telling a story you know that's where my skill set really lies I like producing in terms of I've been so lucky enough to do it twice with like really trusted good friends and it's really fun to bring um to like bring a story to life but i will say the back end of that is not glamorous it's fun when you finally get to it but it's like it's always a year out of work whereas acting is more of okay we've got 3 months we have to memorize these lines figure out your character work and then you get to do the thing whereas producing is like year year and a half right of a lot of hard but like really rewarding work
0: gosh so what is the difference then for um for a show, I'm going to say showtime, show business, that's what I'm looking for.
2: <laughs> for, a a, show
0: for a show business newbie like me, what is the, yeah. only, you know, what's the, what's the kind of difference between being a director then and being a producer?
1: Totally. So a director is totally in charge of the tone of the film. So for example, we produced a play last year and my dear friend, Bethany directed it because she was brilliant and so her job during that process was she was also producer with us so maybe this isn't a great answer but her job was to like she figured out the tone of the film or I'm sorry the tone of the play like the trajectory of it how scenes need to look so her job was mostly once we were in rehearsal she came with all her research of this is what I think of the characters let's discover this together
2: and then let's build
1: it like let's build this on set and make this look the way it's supposed to look. You know, it, you have to have a director when you're rehearsing, when you're producing the back end of that. Like for example, right now for our film, that's us like Mm. applying for grants. That's um, everyone has a different job. Like we're raising money currently. Um, You know, a year and a half ago wrote the script. You have to have table reads and figure out who you're casting. Um, it's, it's kind of the logistics piece of it of like, where are we getting our money from? Who's directing? Like we had to find a director. You have to find a videographer. You have to find, make a schedule. You have to like set the whole thing up so that once you get to it, then it's all set. And that takes. A long time
0: <laughs> right that's like yeah. all the all the pre-work then to show up on the yes. day of filming totally. or whatever it is to to have things totally. go smoothly that's what we used to I worked in event management when I first got into college athletics and and my boss always used to say if we've done our jobs correctly then game day will be easy which is exactly yes. what that just made me think of
1: yes that's exactly it. it's the event planning it's all the back end until the event happens totally yeah
0: you know for sure. Okay. So, my little renaissance girl, which was yes. a relatively recent announcement, I feel like I saw.
1: Totally. So, we have been working on this since last year. Okay. So, we're now in the exciting part where we <laughs> right. <she> announced. And <laughs> um, yeah. So, very long story short. So, one of my good friends, Amy, Um, she wrote this about a year ago and she was like, I just think we should do a short film we're like awesome great let's do it we'll put it together whatever so we met with a bunch of people we met anthony gibson who is um he has a company familiar pictures with two of his really good very very talented friends and he said i totally believe in this and this should be a feature and we were like oh okay so amy totally revamped it made it a feature film and we we've been working very diligently and so yeah we we just announced that um it's happening, so we're filming it in 2021, because <clears throat> I know this is wild, but as it turns out, you do need a lot of money to make a film. <laughs> so, you you which, don't say. <laughs> which, you know, who knew? Um, <laughs> because we really do believe in, you know, we've been act. we're also acting in this film, but we've been actors in a lot of projects. I think it goes without saying any artist, photographer, visual artist, a lot of times you're doing work for nothing. You know, you gain all these skills, you gain all this experience and then you're usually asked to do something for exposure or I've been in quite a few shows where you're paid little to nothing just because they're like, well this is helping you advance. And we're like, I just don't believe in that anymore. Right. I think everybody should it's a job. I mean, it's it's hard work and it's a job. So a big part of us fundraising is we want to make sure everybody is paid because we have such talented amazing people working on this. So yeah, so we're in the marketing stages right now. Um, we're currently raising money while we're still applying for grants. And we're hoping to hit our goal at least by 2021. So that in the spring, we can start filming. And that'll, that's always the exciting part.
0: Yeah, that is super exciting. Can you, yeah. is there, um, is there a trailer? Probably that doesn't <laughs> exist yet. But if you could, if you could talk, you know, do a yes. talking trailer, which I guess is just <laughs> like a podcast trailer. <laughs> give us, the, give us the ninety-second, sixty-second, you know, uh, overview of what the what the film's going to be about.
1: No, totally. So this film um, is very close to Amy and a lot of experiences we've all had. I think in the cast, um, it's about body dysmorphia, and which is definitely a common, you know, um, thing amongst many people where you just cannot you just think you don't look the way you look. Your mind is distorted or so pretty much in this film, it was somebody in Amy's younger childhood in the film told her she looked like a Renaissance painting because she had thin lips and like puffy cheeks. Um, And so then she, for a long time, really does see herself. It's kind of a dark comedy if she really does see herself as a Renaissance girl. And it's kind of answering the question, okay, if I have this distorted view of myself, then how can I have kids in the future without passing this kind of thinking down to them? And is it worth doing? Is this something you can really overcome? I think it's also just about the fixated thoughts we have um, about our bodies and how I think a lot of times you can get wrapped up in the judgment and the shame of your own body, or just when somebody has said something to you, you hold on to that for a long time and really take it as a truth. So it's kind of exploring that in her life and with her friends, um, and she she even um, goes to therapy in it. And there's actually a lot of like really dark, fun, humorous scenes in that of just talking out those thoughts that a lot of us don't say out loud, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> of just like. I need you to tell me I look a certain way or like, I need you to tell me this is in my head. So yeah, yeah. it's kind of exploring that. And we just really want to bring a lot of awareness about that. Um, Cause I think that's something that's so human and so common that people struggle with.
0: Yeah. It sounds almost like, and I, I don't know if you stuck with the um, psychology studies when you were in, in college, but that almost yeah. sounds like a crossover between your two, you know, Told interests you. that you were, between theater and between psychology. Yes.
1: It is. And that's why I'm so excited about because mental health advocacy is one of my favorite things and something so near and dear to my heart. So it's really been exciting to work on something that, you know, is Amy's experience that we can bring forward to the table, but also something that we all relatively have dealt with and kind of bringing that mental health awareness of this is actually a pretty common thing that people deal with and kind of finding how can you find the dark kind of humor also in these hard or tragic situations in our life right yeah like there always has to be some sort of humor in it too
0: yeah absolutely humor and the power yeah. of community will do totally wonders, yes.
2: Wonders yes
1: and just the power of self-love right? oh like yeah truly at the end of the day <laughs> but absolutely. we're really excited about this because um Like, we have a female director, um, two out of three of our producers, myself and Amy, um, and then Anthony is the other producer, but are female, and we have a majority female cast. So I think we're also just trying to bring to the table that, you know, film is still kind of dominantly a male field, and we just really also want to show that, you know, women can bring women's stories to the table, too, and we're really excited about that.
0: That's awesome. I'm I'm also very excited now that I've heard all about it. (laughs)
1: I thought so
0: yes. I'm I'm gonna be looking forward to to seeing the rest of the announcements come through.
1: Awesome.
0: Um so another thing that I wanted to to ask about, and maybe this hear, hearing the excitement in your voice talking about my little renaissance <laughs> girl, maybe that answers it. But what has been your favorite play or project or or film or whatever to be a part of thus far?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. I mean, I'm so passionate about this project, my little renaissance girl, but I I do have to give a shout out to, um, for the record. Cause we produced, that was the play we produced last year. I think just because it was our very first project that we had produced together. Um, that was myself, Amy Heller, Alex Nolan, um, Mary Claire Zimmerman. And then, um, Bethany Hart was the director and it, oh, and Ashley Crow, Sorry. And, um, and that I think that was one of my favorites just because we were like, what are we doing? We're producing a play and Amy and Mary Claire had written that as well. So we were kind of like, what, what is happening? But that was so fun because it was such a collaboration. I mean, all of us were producing it. And so that was my favorite. I think just because we would have meetings every week, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I think the most exciting part about that for me was it, so it was about female friendship, also a very dark comedy, very dark, <laughs> but fun. And, and it explored female friendships. Like a man wasn't mentioned once in it. And I think that was kind of like a new, fun, exciting thing to explore because we all were talking about how we had played characters in the past who were always in love or there was, it was always centered around, you know, getting a guy or having a boyfriend or being heartbroken and we were producing this film that was just about like the really complexities like of female friendships because I do think they're kind of complex you know um so that was really fun and it was just like nobody dropped the ball it was like anytime someone was asking for a question or saying what do we do for this someone was like I got it like it was just it was such a powerful collaboration but that was my favorite but this one I'm very, very excited about.
0: Yeah. Could be, could potentially be a new favorite once it's all said. Yes. (laughs)
1: That's
0: awesome. awesome. Well, so typically I like to wrap up, uh, by asking any kind of advice that you would have, and I will leave it to you if you want to share a mental health piece, if you want to share specific to acting or producing or coffee or shenanigans, whatever you want to share.
1: (laughs) That is that is such a range. I think the biggest advice I can give is a always, yeah, always drink your coffee first thing in the morning. I think it's so important for productivity levels and joy and happiness. But I think the biggest advice I can get is you have to enjoy the journey. Like, that's something I've had to learn along the way. But I think sometimes we're so fixated on what is the end result? Or when will I get to this point? But there has to be so much joy in the journey because once you get to something, there's always going to be something else that you're going to want to work towards or something else, um, some new opportunity. So I think just finding that joy in the journey and really being self-compassionate with yourself is truly like, I, I just think it's the recipe of success, self-compassion, love the path you're on and, and be able to pivot. Absolutely. Pivoting is good. Yeah. Self compassion. Like three things.
0: (laughs) Hey, that's all right. Self compassion, drink your coffee in the morning and pivot. In the in the Ross voice from Friends, though, right? Pivot. Absolutely, pivot. Pivot. <laughs> ah, what a great episode. <laughs> oh man. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for joining me on the on the Bloom Pod today. It's so great to a catch up with you and virtually see your face, and also <laughs> to hear about all the wonderful things that you are are working on right now and have worked on. It's been uh, it's been cool to hear all that.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. It was so good to see your face and catch up. I'm so glad we even just got to talk. It means the world. (laughs)
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Stay tuned for the recap of this episode with my sidekick, Melissa Lutz.
2: Hit record! literally did right before you said that <laughs> like, uh, perfect how about that guest uh i would like to say that this is I, it, all of my guests have been my favorite all of your guests have been my favorite this one i particularly love and i'm excited to recap because she is one of my favorite humans on this earth
0: agreed she is a lovely lady and one thing that i would like to uh point out is that at the very beginning once we finally got recording, recording um she was like oh i'm so sorry thank you for your patience It literally, I mean, it probably was like 60 seconds total that we couldn't figure out the sound between each other. So I was like, Lauren, like, you're good. I've had way worse technical difficulties for way longer with different people. So I was cracking up that she was like,
2: you're talking about me, Taylor. Say that (laughs) again? We all know you're talking about me and my technical difficulties and (sighs) me keeping you waiting for...
0: I think the worst one that I have had was with Jen Fry. We probably spent... 20 to 30 minutes trying to figure out whose wi-fi was messing up and then we eventually had to switch recording devices but it worked out it was a great interview
2: Oh, well, great well that is just lauren's character you know she's a very accommodating kind soul who never wants to put anyone out even if for 60 seconds mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm
0: i definitely agree um and the other thing that i wanted to definitely bring up was the fact i don't know if you could hear it but the Slight chimes of the ice cream truck in the background. Did you you pick up on that?
2: No, it didn't come through. But and you know what? Usually my ears are pretty attuned to when there's an ice cream truck in the area. A a hypersensitive skill that I held as a child, much to my mother's dismay. (laughs) And I'd be like, the ice cream man is coming. They'd be like, what? And then like ten minutes later, they'd hear it.
0: That's fantastic. I wonder if there's a way that when
2: I... Tasty treat. So, you know, I was like, ice cream man's coming. Snap two. You got to get a dollar bills. You know,
0: you, uh, you cut out right up until the point when you said tasty treat. snap two.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Dang it. I said, and I'm not one to pass up on a tasty treat.
0: Ah, this is true. You are not. In fact, So Lauren and I spent quite a bit of time talking about shenanigans, the shenanigans of what it's like to live with you, essentially. But I shared several from apartment 15. And now that you are mentioning that you will never pass up on a tasty treat, I am thinking of several times. Aaron may or may not be happy that I'm going to admit this to you. But there were several times when Aaron and I, we would have gone out and we would have run an errand or maybe we just came back from uh, practice or from a trip. And we would stop at the Baskin Robbins, particularly in the month of October when the specialty ice cream is Trick Oreo Treat. And we would always make it back. And one time we made the mistake of coming in with our ice cream and you and Susie got so mad at us because we didn't ask you before we came home.
2: Well, now I'm even more mad knowing that you have done it multiple other times and just finished it before coming home and didn't think to offer. I stand by my anger. <laughs> yes,
0: after the first time. It's because we would always remember once we got back home. And so we learned our lesson after the first time and we were like, "Ah, uh, shoot, we forgot to ask them again. We better just finish this ice cream in the car before we go inside.
2: <laughs> you sneaky moms. Yes. It's also probably because you that every time you had ice cream, I'd be like, um, Can you scoop a little extra in your bowl for me? <laughs> and right. You want us to just scoop you a bowl? I'm like, No, I don't. I can't commit to a whole bowl. I just want a bite of yours.
0: <laughs> right. Or sometimes you would be mad. Like, Stop bringing treats into the house. They're too tempting for me. And I'm like, Well, we'll just eat it in the car and we won't tempt you and you won't even know about it.
2: <laughs> I am hard to please. Um, I have control. And knowing that you had it and I didn't have the chance to also have it made me mad. But also if you brought it into the house, that would make me mad, I guess. Well. Because I just want it. Yeah. Thank you for hiding the presentation from me. I guess that that's the takeaway here. You're welcome. I'll we're accept
0: just- that. And and I want to apologize for, on behalf of me and on behalf of Aaron to say we're sorry we didn't include you guys in more ice cream trips.
2: I think yes. I but it's going to take a a week.
0: (laughs) Okay, that's fair.
2: (laughs) Okay, back to Lauren. Yeah, back Um, to Lauren. And shenanigans of living with her. uh, I have so many stories I could tell, but um, she just made everything fun. Like, every little thing. I have videos of her, like, putting groceries away and dancing to Justin Bieber and me just sitting there laughing, like, her putting groceries away was a fun, a fun task for us because she just made it entertaining. Mm-hmm. She's so funny. I always liked visiting that
0: apartment when you guys lived in, what was it, Logan Square? hmm That was a lovely place. And I had forgotten about Spock and how scared he was. Scared
2: and vicious, that dog. Was Ooh. he, was he vicious? Oh yeah, uh, if you had food and uh, who was exposed Prepare for it to be bitchin'.
0: Mm, that's fair. That's fair. It sounded just slightly like you said, prepare for it to be bitchin'.
2: <laughs> <laughs> One time we got trapped outside because I took him for a walk in winter. And of course, you know, he's finicky and will not let you touch his feet, so you can put boots on him. But the salt hurt his feet. And so he was just standing there, like balancing on two legs and crying. He was like, ah. Ah, ah, ah. that's how he sounded he makes weird sounds yeah and I picked him up and he was biting my arms so I put him back down and luckily Lauren came home from work and found us outside trapped <laughs> 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 she's like what are you guys doing and I was like we've been out here for a little while
0: <laughs> we uh we we're stuck
2: yeah we need you
0: <laughs> indeed oh oh that almost fell over that could have been bad
2: I will say that once you uh gain spots approval it was like you won the Stanley Cup. I don't know. Wow. You know, like you worked so hard for it. And right. there were so many losses. You lost like, you know, a chunk of your finger along the way. Um, you lost comfort in your own home. Scared that he was going to bite your toe. And there were then the little mini wins that made it all worth it.
0: Wow. I wonder if any... Um pursuers of the Stanley Cup feel unsafe in their own home, or as if their toes might be bitten off. Frostbitten, perhaps.
2: Or maybe escape, you know? Oh, yeah,
0: that's true. That's true. There are there are similarities. I do see them now. Um, I love that she's getting to work on so many cool projects. Partic- I mean, the one that's coming up sounds awesome, but it just it's fun to hear people talk about passion projects and to like literally just hear their you know their enthusiasm their excitement about it when you you can just tell when people love what they do it comes through in the way that they talk about it
2: yeah and I got to live with her for multiple years when she was like just getting started in acting in Chicago and she was grinding like working crazy hours doing a million different things Just like, you know, it takes a little while to get your break and to be known in the Chicago acting scene. And she's so dedicated. Like, she'd come home from her full-time job and then work tirelessly for hours and hours. And sometimes I tried to help her rehearse lines, but she, she didn't particularly like it because I always just shouted the other lines in a British accent back to her. She stopped asking me to help her rehearse her lines. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just so cool to see, like, firsthand how far she's come because she's so talented. Like, I wish everyone could – I wish this wasn't a podcast and everyone could just see how talented she is. But one of the most, like, honest, genuine, like, authentic actors. And she, like, pours herself into every role. So seeing her, like, make these strides and, like – advance in her acting career and get signed by an agency is makes me so happy yeah
0: that's super cool um oh wow i literally just lost that
2: thought it's okay sometimes it enters and then it leaves right away
0: yeah it was gone so quickly so quickly
2: that's okay i've got a lot of thoughts to share yeah, well go mm-hmm. ahead
0: and i'll see if i can remember what my thought was
2: <laughs> um <clears throat> The other thing I loved from her interview and just from knowing her is, like, she is an advocate for, like, everyone. She is, like, a feminist, if that wasn't clear in the uh, For the Record summary. Of like, there wasn't mention of a man in the whole right. show. It was produced and directed and acted in by a 100% female cast. And she's just, like, the most compassionate person the most understanding person if you ever have a problem she's the best listener and she like it's just so kind in her delivery of like she'll share perspective but like her first response is something that always has to do with like why don't you give yourself some grace like there was one time I called her and I I don't remember what I did, but I was just like disappointed in myself. And I was like, this isn't, this wasn't me. I'm not happy that this is the way I reacted to a situation. I could do better. And I just feel like I disappointed someone I love. And her response was Melissa permission to be human. We are not meant to be perfect. And you have permission to be human, like take it, learn from it. You're not a bad person. You have permission to make mistakes, but like the, those three words, you just like, nope, permission to be human. We're all flawed. Right. That's fantastic. Where do we go from here. Let's not just like sit and wallow in it. Um,
0: this is gonna be a weird bounce back because I remembered what I was gonna say. <laughs> um, and it's that when you were saying that you would help her to rehearse lines and you would just shout them in a British accent, first of all, goes back to our, um, our documentary, which is now going to be um, voiced by Tim Sinclair, who just was announced as the PA, the public address um, announcer for Guess Who? Who? The Chicago Bears. Woo! That's the cool. Bears. The Bears. Now this is all over the place. Okay, so back to you um, shouting lines in a British accent. It made me think of the episode of Friends where Phoebe is trying to help Joey and then she ends up just changing the character completely. Or then she finally, she's like an extra on the set and she's like, well, I don't
2: understand why my character would do that. Yeah. Why am I carrying the medical supplies from here to here? What's the backstory? (laughs) Right. And then Joey gives her the backstory and then
0: she develops it further so that I think by the end of the time, She's like bursting into like she's just supposed to be a waitress in this scene, but she like bursts in, and is like, "I can't be around you." Like whatever it is, she takes it way farther than than what it's supposed to be, which is
2: fired from the set of the. It was a surgical scene.
0: I know that part. I remember, but I thought there was an additional. Like she just keeps taking it too far, and that's when she gets fired. Yes, Yes. she's. But that's neither here nor there. It is um it is on par with what I presume your rehearsal sessions with Lauren to be like.
2: Yeah. Um it got to the point where like between me shouting in a British accent, she's like, You can you just speak it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, what do I want. <laughs> and like just between that and just us having a great time, and there was one time we were rehearsing lines and she could not get the word chalets right. And it was like, oh my gosh, it was the scene of Friends where Joey was like, mmm, soup. I mean, noodle soup. I mean, soup. She would be like, we'll go to ski resorts. There'll be charlets. I mean, chalets. I mean, charlets. What is it? <laughs> over and over. It was hilarious. That is hilarious.
0: I feel like I would almost prefer that character to whatever it was she was supposed to say
2: right so honest
0: so yeah honest. right i am very excited to um continue to see i guess new information potentially a trailer storylines more about my little renaissance girl
2: same a feature film okay so i saw um for the record mm. when it it was in theaters. of a theater year. of a theater <laughs> The best of um, and it was like I've been in theater gone to plenty of shows I kid you not like and it's not I'm not just I might be biased because I love her so much and I think the world of her but like I left that show and I laughed and I cried and it was like so well-rounded and funny but emotional and you like really connected with the characters I was like how how did these Five, six girls just, like, come together and, like, should we put on a show? Okay. And then just, like, create this magic.
0: And they just did it. You know what? Um, Was that for your class or for my class that we had to record, like, videos or a short film? And we had to, we made up a whole plot. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I feel like it had to do with a real-life scenario about Tetris. Tetris.
2: I don't know.
0: No? No. All right. I'm going to pivot here and I'm going to say that I uh, wish that I had asked her what is the difference, the the um, the showbiz difference between a short film and a feature film.
2: I, I think it's the length. <laughs> I'm going to go in there and say that one is short and one is a full length film. Okay,
0: but is that, is that all that feature film means?
2: Yeah, I think it's like a feature film is set to be featured in like a movie theater. You don't uh, go to a movie theater and see like a 10 minute film. I'm going to look it up. I, I'm a little offended that you don't trust me
0: Well, truth be told, I am hoping this is going to turn out like the, um, coming down the pipe. Pike. Pike. Now, see, you've confused me. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Film versus short film.
2: While you Google that, let me just tell you a brief story of uh, Lauren's early acting career versus mine, because around the same time that Lauren was starring in Dear Edwina, I was Princess Jasmine in um, uh, my middle school's production of Aladdin. Ah. And I think the universe was telling me not to pursue acting when I got bronchitis the week that the the, uh, the show went on. Oh, no. So I didn't really have a voice. And then from then on, I was like, I'm going to keep at this. Like, I can be good at this. I was cast in roles like um, I was a wolf in Beauty and the Beast. Ooh. I didn't go out for a dancing role, but I was cast in a strictly dancing role. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't enough for me to quit, you know? I was like, yeah. they just saw how good a dancer I was and they needed me in that role, but let me show them what all I've got. Classic
0: um, Enneagram Seven.
2: Yeah, I'll just say I was never, never cast in anything outside of like a choral role, like, you know, someone in the background who sings and dances but doesn't have lines.
0: You know what, um, I experienced a lot of that in high school. Now, prior to high school, I played the Wicked Witch of the West in my first grade production of The Wizard of Oz.
2: Nice.
0: I played Paul Revere's wife. I thought
2: in... you were Paul Revere, and that was a funnier mental image.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I do feel like I had to ride through our set and say the British are coming, so maybe I did play Paul Revere.
2: <laughs> uh... Maybe they're like, no, no, you're his wife. Now put on your britches and put on this bald cap. <laughs> right.
0: I can't wait until this episode is released and my mom sends me the follow-up email to say whether or not <laughs> I was Paul revere. Now when I, I I also used to go, um there were there was like a summer camp that I was involved in and we put on a play called Crazy Camp and I did play a little boy in that one. But I had very short hair as a kid. I was a pretty big tomboy.
2: Mm-hmm
0: now shifting into my high school days as you know i was um well i tried out for the wardrobe of beauty and the beast because i thought really wow.
2: for the stars yep
0: i was and and um i had a very weird monologue and i could not i was so nervous i could not sing in the audition at all i mean i sang tale as old as time and i think it was like the <laughs> you wouldn't yes I was you're welcome I was very timid uh, needless to say I did not get that role but I did get the role of cheese grater <laughs> yep my big scene was both oh two big scenes one be our guest and the other one was um, kill the beast the castle scene you know when all the inanimate objects come alive and then I was, in Seussical the Musical, I was just a background dancer. Mal and I tried out to be thing one and thing two, and we did not get it. And then my senior year, we did The King and I, and we were prop dancers. And we had to, um, we formed a river. I think there was a song that was called Run, Eliza, Run, something like that. We okay. wore very pointy hats, that is what I recall.
2: You're really painting a nice picture.
0: I might have to include that, um, the picture of me and Mal in the hats, because that was a really interesting time.
2: Perfect. Maybe I'll dig up my wolf picture.
0: Yeah, please do. Answer. Yeah, I think people would love that. Okay, are you ready for the answer to this?
2: Yeah, I've been waiting on the edge of my seat.
0: A short film is basically any film that is too short to be considered a feature film. There are no set boundaries on this, although the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences defines a short film as an original motion picture that has a running time of 40 minutes or less, including all the credits.
2: So what do you have to say for yourself, Taylor?
0: I say the score is one to one.
2: (laughs) I don't see how. Not in this
0: scenario. Like I got the coming down the pike (laughs) thing, and you got this one. So I have one, and you have one.
2: All right, I didn't know we were keeping score. I was just looking for like a you were right, and I was wrong.
0: <laughs> well, you know I'm an Enneagram three, so I'm a little bit competitive.
2: Fair enough. Okay. But in
0: in this in this scenario, you were right, and I was wrong. <laughs> I didn't
2: want to say I told you so, so I won't. But you did. I, I guess technically <laughs> I did. Um. But anyways, while we were here, just you know, floundering as actors and actresses in our high school careers. Lauren was just, you know, Edwina in Dear Edwina. And I went to it and it was so good. And she was so good. And I could still sing part of a song about a refrigerator. I, I can't sing a lot of it. All I know is it's like something about on the Frigidaire. Lauren, I'm sorry. I know I butchered that. Um, <laughs> that was much better about- than it was the brand of refrigerator but it was a very memorable show and then she was in Les Mis and she just like her acting crew were just like like took off when I was like me actor too she's here younger <laughs> than me and I started before her and so I was like yes we're both actors we we both act <laughs> but she's getting like starring roles I might have a line if someone else doesn't show up
0: <laughs> My agent said, how long is this? <laughs> I'm imagining you to be like Mindy Elise Grayson in this scenario. And like Lauren is being an actu- actual actress. And you're just like, that's, that's right, Lyle. I'm an actress.
2: <laughs> They're like, Melissa, can you prance across the stage now, please? I'm like, yes, I'm being beckoned. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, here I am. <laughs> Uh, Mindy Elise Grayson is an SNL character for those who don't know. I think we've mentioned her in previous podcasts, and if you haven't looked her up, by all means, we recommend it.:
0: Yes, if you have not seen Mindy Elise Grayson, you are severely missing out. So badly. Anywho, I think that um, that does it on my notes. Did you have any other did you have any other um, highlights? stories shenanigans that you wanted to share
2: i just wish i could put into words how wonderful of a human she is or like really convey that because i you know like you know we have we all have our people in the world Mm -hmm. and i have a select few people that i'm like yes these are my people lauren is my people Mm -hmm. you know she just is the best cheerleader support woman friend Human could ask for and talented to boot. Like the girl's got it all. I'm, and one day the world knows. Like I hope my little Renaissance girl in all future projects just take off. And she is seen for who she truly is.
0: <laughs> I'm smiling because when you said um, that she is your people, you said she is my people, and that reminded me of the song you made up, which was,
2: "This, this is my." my... <laughs>
0: Yeah. This is my peephole.
2: This is where I look through.
0: <laughs> ah, That's good times. That's good times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She is a lovely lady. I'm so glad that she joined me. Uh, well, me and you. I'm glad she joined us on the Bloom Pod.
2: On the Earth.
0: On the Earth, yes, definitely. Specifically, I was referring to the Bloom Pod, but I am definitely glad she joined us here on Earth. Otherwise, the Bloom Pod would not have been possible.
2: So true. Well, the Bloom Pod would, but she wouldn't be a guest.
0: Right. That's what I'm saying.
2: Okay. I'm glad <laughs> we're on the same page. For once. <laughs> I, it was a stretch. I don't think we were on the same page. I was just giving us credit, but maybe next episode we'll be on the same page.
0: Maybe. Probably not. But maybe. Here's hoping. <laughs> well, all right then. You wanna you wanna kick us off, here?
2: You bet your bottom dollar, I do. <laughs> and that's the way the onion peels. <laughs> we'll see you next time.